Hi, this is Sergeant Betsy Brantner-Smith with the National Police Association, and this is the NPA Report. I have a really terrific guest with me today. Uh, this man is a he's, a, he's a crime fighter, he is a patriot, he is smart, he's funny, and uh, I think you're going to really enjoy hearing from him. Deputy Marshal Nate Sylvester, welcome to the program. Well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. So, Nate, uh, I think a lot of people are going to recognize your face because, uh, in fact, we're going to show everybody um, how you came on the national scene uh, recently. Uh, you, uh, you decided to speak directly to uh, basketball superstar um, and uh, keyboard police warrior LeBron James, who uh, loves to tell American law enforcement uh, how to do our jobs. He also loves to tell us that we're racist and we're this. And he ended up actually kind of threatening one of our brothers from Columbus, Ohio PD. He tweeted right. out um, a picture of the officer who unfortunately had to utilize deadly force uh, against a 16-year-old girl who was about to use deadly force against another child. And uh, LeBron thought it was a good idea to tweet out that officer's photo um, with the text that just said, you're next. And right. uh, you, me, and tens of thousands of other law enforcement officers were really incensed by that. But you took it one step further and uh, you decided to get on TikTok and make this video. Let's watch. I've seen it, that disturbance call. Can you have LeBron call my cell phone right away, please? Thank you. Sir, sir, excuse me, can you put the knife down, please? Sir, no, 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 sir, put the, don't stab him. One second, LeBron. Hey, yeah, it's me again. Listen, I got two guys fighting over here and one of them's got a knife. He wants to stab the other guy. What do you think I should do? Why does it matter what the race is? All right, well, they're both black. Okay, but he's trying to stab the other guy. Deadly force is totally justified. Uh-huh. I see. Okay. Okay, so you don't care if a black person kills another black person, but you do care if a white cop kills a black person even if he's doing it to save the life of another black person? I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but then again, you are really good at basketball, so I guess I'll take your word for it. All right, okay, thanks, LBJ. All right, yeah, Michael Jordan's the GOAT. What? Nothing, I gotta go. Hey guys, sorry, you're on your own. Good luck. So Nate, when I first saw that, I thought, well, first of all, I thought it was hilarious. You did a great job. Um, Thank you. But. Uh, but your uh, mayor and your city council didn't uh, find it as amusing as I did, right? No, they didn't. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> so, um, you know, talk a little bit about what happened, because that did actually launch you into the national spotlight, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, it did. Um, so I, I posted that video, that TikTok, uh, on a weekend after I had gotten off shift and um, took, a trip to, took a trip to Utah. And that weekend, that video really started to go viral. It started to make the rounds on TikTok. Uh, it started to make the rounds on Instagram and Facebook. And then I started getting phone calls and emails and messages from friends and family members uh, sending me links to like Newsweek articles and the Gateway Pundit articles. And Fox News was picking it up and local radio stations and news networks around uh, you know Idaho and Utah were picking it up. And uh, I it was all very surreal, uh, in that, in that moment. And when I returned to, so we had firearms training that following Monday, uh, with our department. And at that point I learned that the mayor, you know, had 
had finally gotten wind of this and he wasn't happy about it, uh, nor were some of the city council members. And uh, uh, it was, I guess there was a meeting later on that day and uh, my termination was called for at one point, but my marshal, uh, the good woman and supervisor that she is, went to bat for me and convinced the, uh, the city officials that, you know, the termination wasn't just in this case, it wasn't warranted. And uh, instead, they agreed to suspend me for a week without pay. Well, and and that sometimes happens, right? You know, right. we we uh, if we make a mistake, you know, people always say, oh, cops get away with all kinds of things. Actually, we're held to an extremely high standard. We have a lot of policy that we have to adhere to. And as, yeah. as someone who has been in your shoes, where I have uh, taken uh, some suspension time here and there, most of us do, um, yeah. we, we do it and, and uh, we deal with it and we move on. And I, I do want to commend um, your marshal. And for people who uh, don't know what that is, it's like a police chief. Um, yeah. I want to commend her because one of the frustrations we have in American law enforcement now is uh, there's quite a bit of weak leadership, people who, uh, leaders, quote unquote, who sort of give in to the whatever um, the woke outrage is at the moment. And your marshal didn't do that. She stood behind you, didn't she? No, and it's pretty, it's, it's actually pretty incredible on her part, considering uh, the, uh, the, the enormous amount of, you know, liberal uh, citizens that we have in, in Bellevue and the Wood River Valley. Uh, she was kind of in the lion's den at that point, but she stood her ground and, and, you know, had my back. And, you know, that's something that I, in, that I haven't experienced before in previous agencies. And like you said, we see it, we're seeing it more and more all over the country uh, where officers are being abandoned uh, by their administrators and in their departments because they don't, they cave into that political pressure uh, that they feel instead of doing the right thing. Uh, but she, she didn't do that. She stood her ground and, you know, she knew that she was doing the right thing. And, uh, so I can't, you know, I can't thank her enough for doing that. Absolutely. And, and Nate, you know, you said in that video, what a lot of us, uh, are always thinking, you know, and one of them, one of it is why do celebrities and sports stars in this net think that they can tell us how to do our job? I, I wish I knew the answer to that question. I mean, we see the, you know, we see the results, right? We see the outcome. Someone like, uh, like LeBron James, uh, he's got a, a huge following, right? Millions of fans, millions of followers. And if, I know that there's a term for this. But I'm going to have to look it up, but it's that, it's that uh, concept that, you know, people believe celebrities are intelligent because they're mm -hmm. celebrities. Right. Would, I mean, all it takes is a little bit of critical thinking to realize that that's, that's not always the case, especially in the case of LeBron James. He's got absolutely no police experience or training at all. Yet every time we have an incident like the one in Columbus, Ohio, where Officer Reardon was, you know, forced to shoot that that young girl who had the knife, he tweets out something inflammatory, uh, condemning and in this case, dangerous. Right. It was he put this officer and his family at risk. And people eat that up, right? His fans and his followers eat it up because he's a basketball god. He must know what he's talking about. Uh, and so it emboldens those people to fight with the police, to think that it's okay to resist arrest, to think that it's okay to ambush police officers. Uh, this, I don't think, so we've seen since this incident, we've seen instances all over the country where officers are being shot at, they're being ambushed, and they're being killed while they're in uniform. I don't think that's a coincidence. I think people 
like LeBron James and other celebrities who decide to, to, to tweet out things that LeBron James tweeted, I think they have some culpability in those things. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, we've seen really since 2014 an uptick in officer ambushes, um, right. you know, almost 150 mm-hmm. percent. And uh, and and, you know, we've just seen you know, very recently, just in the last in the last month or so, you know, we've seen officers, you know, respond to calls as innocuous as a, an accident or a 911 hang up call and they're ambushed. You know, we're getting hurt. We're getting killed. We're getting attacked. And uh, and there's a lot of young people out there who are being taught that it's it's okay to run from the police. It's okay to resist arrest. You know, most right. of these you know quote unquote controversial shootings that we keep talking about and that the media is talking about, if the if the person who had police contact would have just complied with lawful orders, and then if they didn't right. like the if they didn't like what was happening, complained later. Right. We wouldn't be talking about any of this, would we? Right. And I, you know, that's something that I keep stressing to people. I do, you know, I do videos on TikTok and my other social media platforms all the time. And their argument to that is, well, resisting arrest doesn't warrant a death sentence. Well, we know that. Nobody said that it did. But when you resist arrest, you escalate the encounter. And sometimes bad things can happen. And an officer, if he feels, he or she feels threatened, and that threat is a deadly threat. They're justified in using deadly force. Okay, that's been confirmed over and over by courts all over the United States. Um, but uh, I, we somehow we've gotten to this point where where some people are made to believe that police officers have to back down so that a suspect can safely resist arrest and then just go home, and and that's the end of it, right? But the, and it's nonsense. But people believe that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's getting more and more dangerous, not only for law enforcement, but for our citizens that we're, you know, we're we're out there trying to trying to help, trying to enforce the law. You know, it's yeah, it's incredible. So well, the media. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say the media, uh, they they're very good at uh, showing, you know, most of well, I shouldn't say most, but a lot of these critical incidents are caught on camera, whether it's a body camera worn by the officer or uh, a bystander who's got the cell phone camera, but the media is very good at showing that incident without any context whatsoever, right? Without any background on the suspect, without any background on the call, whether it was a traffic stop or a call for service, they don't give you any of that. They just want you to see a police officer shooting someone and that's it. You get three seconds of the footage. And of course people are gonna think, oh my gosh, that's awful. But if they had all of the information at their disposal, they would probably come to a, a diff, much different conclusion. Well, yeah, unfortunately, use of force against our citizens never looks pretty. And, no. you know, and, but it, it, it is a necessary situation to be able to do the job that we have been tasked to do by our communities, ultimately by our politicians. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, police police work can and will be violent eventually because you have violent people. Right. You have violent criminals and suspects who uh, when it when it comes when it comes down to it and their freedom is at stake because they're being charged with a crime and they're going to go to jail. They they'll fight. They'll run. They'll shoot at police officers. And it's it's our duty to overcome that threat and that force. And we have to do it with violence. And that's something that some people just can't grasp, but that's just the reality of police work. It's not that we enjoy it, but 
that's just part of the job. Right. And we take it on willingly. We know that's part of the job. Um, yeah. You know, but, you know, nobody wants to get into a fight. Nobody wants to use deadly no. force. No, you it's know. not fun. Right. Uh, and it's yeah, it's very it's very uncomfortable. And, you know, we don't want to be in that situation any more than citizens want to see us in that situation. But I mean, it's either it's either we we use violence to overcome the threat. Now, there's degrees of violence, right? It's not all deadly force. But we either use violence and necessary and reasonable force to overcome that threat, or we let the bad guy go, and he wanders all over the city and the community committing other crimes and victimizing other people. So pick whichever one you want. Exactly. Well said. So, Nate, there was this small percentage of people that thought they were going to get you canceled, right? We're going to get rid of it. We're going to make sure this cop gets fired. We're going to make him go away. And instead, not only did you gain some national fame, but you got a book deal. Talk to me about that. Yeah, well, boy, that's, like I said, this whole experience from from start until now has just been very surreal. Uh, yeah, there were, there were a small percentage of people who, you know, they called for my termination. They wanted me canceled. They wanted my videos taken off the internet. You know, just, they don't want me to exist. Uh, but like I said, the outreach has been 98% positive. And, uh, especially in the area where I, where I police in, I mean, tens of thousands of emails have come in and support and yeah. And the phone calls, I mean, the the department's voicemail box has been full for the last two weeks. Uh, So it's been, it's been pretty amazing to see, you know, people actually stepping up and realizing that, Hey, okay, I support law enforcement, but what do I actually do? Well, this is how you do that, right? When there's an incident like this, like the one I'm involved in, you know, send an email to to the mayor or the city council or to the newspaper or, you know, show your support in that way. And it's been really incredible the way people have stepped up to do that. And in the wake of all the media attention that I've gotten, um, D'Angelo Publications reached out to me and said, hey, we want to talk to you about uh, about writing a book. And, you know, I've in the back of my mind for the last uh, 15 years or so, I've, I've thought about that, actually considered writing a book. And so I took a meeting. Uh, we, you know, we had a, a discussion about it, wrote out the contract and, and off we went. And it's so that the working title is never off duty. Well, that's the official title is, is never off duty. So one of your goals with this is to, to humanize the badge, right? If you will, to, is to show people that, that no. we are, we're not just machines out there with weapons that were, you know, sisters and brothers and moms and dads and, and yeah. we're, we're people, right? Right, right. And yeah, and that's what this book is uh, going to help accomplish. And, you know, that's been my, that was my goal ever since I started doing TikTok videos. Uh, I, it was an effort to humanize the badge, to get people to understand, just as you said, we're human beings. Yes, we're fallible, just like any other human beings. But, you know, we have a personality, we have a sense of humor, we have families, we have hobbies. We don't just activate at the beginning of a shift and then deactivate when we're off shift. You know, like you said, we're not terminators. You know, we don't we don't go to work and in this very robotic like uh, trance, I suppose. You know, some people have described it as that Um, we at least for me and I know for a lot of other officers, my engagement or my interaction with people, I like it to be lighthearted. I like it to be friendly. Even if I have to write a ticket or take someone to jail for whatever reason, I can still be friendly and courteous and kind to that person while doing my job, right? And that's something that 
a lot of people don't get to see. And a lot of people who have opinions about police officers that have actually never had their own interaction with police officers, they just go off of what the media tells them or what, you know, a friend of a friend has told them. Uh, so that's the purpose of, of this book is to sort of repair that disconnect that exists between law enforcement and the general public. And again, just to shed that positive light on law enforcement once again, right? Because it didn't always used to be this way. Uh, we didn't always find ourselves in the media being crucified for things that we're actually doing correctly uh, and according to the law. Uh, it used to be that police officers were respected and that they were members of their communities. Uh, and so we need to get back to that. And that's what I want to accomplish with this book. Well, I tell you, it, it's a fantastic initiative. And that, that's what we're trying to do with the National Police Association as well, is give people an outlet and an understanding of what we do and how to support us. And one of the ways that people support us is by displaying that thin blue line flag. You know, I, I love when I'm driving around or when I'm traveling and I'll see people that are not law enforcement officers, but they have the thin blue line flag on their vehicle or on a t-shirt or displayed out in front of their house. And, uh, and you in that TikTok video had the thin blue line flag um, right. prominently displayed on your vest carrier, on your uniform. Right. Um, can you still do that this now? Uh, I've been told that I can no longer wear that on my vest. And it's sad, uh, you know, and I had a, so again, I police in a liberal area and the mask mandates are very, uh, are very strictly enforced uh, where I work. And I, you know, I, so I had a neck gaiter that I would pull up over my face and that was also the thin blue line flag design that it had on it. And I'm no longer allowed to wear that either. And I'm not sure, I mean, I guess I'm not surprised that we've come to a point now where law enforcement or support of law enforcement is now a bipartisan issue. Right, the thin blue line flag has been used for, I think, well over 75 years to simply show support and respect to officers who were killed in the line of duty. And now it's, it's, it's being construed as some sort of symbolism of, or symbol of hate and you know, racism and, and, and bigotry when that was never the case. I wear the thin blue line flag because uh, I wanna honor officers who you know, sacrifice themselves in the line of duty to protect their communities. That's what the thin blue line flag means. And I, it's it's baffling and mind boggling that people are, are you know, they want to cancel that um, because somehow showing your support for law enforcement is now a, a divisive issue. Talk about what you're gonna do and, and how generous the GoFundMe um, uh, folks have been in reaching out. Oh, it's insane. It's like, they're just, uh, so this is this is what this is one of the reasons why I'm so optimistic uh, in light of, you know, the, the suspension and, and some of the negativity. But people have, like I said, they just stepped up and and they're, they've been so generous and uh, supportive, um, as is evidenced by the, uh, the GoFundMe campaign. My friend uh, in Utah, his name is Gannon Ward. We've been best friends since junior high. Uh, he heard of my suspension and he's like, you know, that's that's awful. I want to help you get through that week. You know, maybe we can ra raise a few hundred bucks to help you pay some bills. And when he created it, he originally started out with about a $10,000 goal thinking that, you know, that's pretty lofty, but hopefully people will see that there's a, a goal to meet and they'll be more apt to donate. And uh, he was thinking, you know, maybe we'll get a thousand dollars. And uh, so when I first looked at the, at the, at the GoFundMe site, uh, the, 
the that specific campaign, it had been live for maybe two hours and it had almost reached that ten thousand dollar goal. And I was blown away. But then just the donations just kept flooding in over the, you know, a matter of hours and then days and and now it's up over five hundred thousand dollars. And again, that's just one of those surreal things that I, I never ever thought that I would ever see anything like that. Um, so yeah, you're right. A, a portion of that uh, will be donated to the First Responders Children's Foundation. Right? That's an organization that um, benefits children of officers who died in the line of duty. Um, and then uh, another portion will be used to create uh, a nonprofit organization that will um, provide benefits to, uh, we call them displaced police officers, right? Um, police officers who uh, find themselves in situations similar to mine who have been treated unfairly or mistreated by their departments or by other entities. And they can reach out to us and hopefully, and if they qualify, they can uh, receive, you know, compensation for a, a week's pay or a month's pay or, you know, or whatever the case is. That's, that's a fantastic goal. Nate, where can people find you if they want to keep up with you? Uh, so if you want to follow me on any of my social media platforms on TikTok, Instagram and YouTube. Uh, my username is Nate's Wilden. So that's N-A-T-E-S-W-I-L-D-N. On Facebook, uh, it's Nate Sylvester. That's S-I-L-V-E-S-T-E-R. Fantastic. I, this is just, uh, I think you've got a real movement going here. And well, I uh, certainly gonna, hope so. Yeah, absolutely. We're going we're gonna to keep following you and keep up with you. Thanks well, so much I for spending time it. with us. Well, and thanks, if you Betsy. Would, yeah, thank you. And if you would like more information about the National Police Association, visit us at nationalpolice.org. This year, over 50,000 law enforcement officers have been assaulted while on duty. A vast number of these attacks were filmed and uploaded to social media in the pursuit of likes and attention. What they want to do is film you instead of like, what can I do to help this officer? Together, we can change this disturbing trend. If that individual would have hit the right spot, you know, it, it could have been it for me. You know, last time I would have saw my wife, my kids. I'm Mike Solon. Law enforcement officers need your support. If you see an officer under attack, then follow these simple steps in order to help. One, call 911 and give the officer's exact location. Two, ask the officer if you can assist. If the officer accepts, then do whatever you can do to safely help. Three, if the officer declines, then start filming and be a good witness. It's time to stop filming and start helping.